Hey everybody, this is Guys with Bibles. I'm Sean. And I'm Lee. And we're talking about the, what is it, intersectionality uh, from I, the T4G video. Identity politics and identity of Christian unity. Yeah, and you know what? I heard the title and I was like, ugh. <laughs> I'm not going to lie because I can't stand... I can't stand identity politics. I can't stand that stuff. I'm just gonna be. I, I'm gonna throw the truth, my honest opinion, out there. But I well, gave I'm it a shot because I. Now, who who did the video? His name's Jonathan Lehman. He's kind of like the uh, the right hand man of Mark Dever at Nine Marks. And he is a very smart man. Very smart. Um, he's written several books. Um, you know, very well accomplished. He's been a pastor. I can't remember if he's on staff at Capitol Hill Baptist or not, but um, he's very close with Mark Dever, and um, I think he's done breakout sessions at T4G before. Um, but, of course, I've never been to T4G and haven't seen the entire roster of things when, when it has occurred, so uh, I, I can't really say. The... Uh, um, I. I, I was annoyed, and this happened at multiple times through. I'm, I'm going to put one of my annoyances right out front here. Um, I thought it was annoying that he kept saying identity politics when he meant something else. Identity politics has a particular meaning, and it, it just felt like when they used it at T4G, it wasn't like proper usage of the term. Yeah, they just kind of used it as a generic term to like, and I gr think group in a different bunch, things together things. yeah i think they were trying to avoid some other terms uh that's that's kind of my conspiracy theory on it i think they wanted to call it identity politics so that if people came after them about saying something negatively against say critical theory or intersectionality no we're, we're talking about identity politics not those things right I, I mean i could be wrong on that but um. I, oh, one one question before we start: Have we actually ever gone on the record and said how non woke we all are? I can't remember. Um. No, but I think they'll figure it out here pretty quick. <laughs> well, yeah, probably. If if yeah. people didn't get the the drift on that prior, even though we haven't talked directly about the subject, probably just the fact that we're part of the Bar Network kind of says that yeah, we're not <laughs> yeah. we're not really into the woke thing. Yeah, but, but we're not. I'm. I'm definitely not. Not woke as the world considers woke, um, and Scott isn't either. No, Scott. Scott's a straight shooter as well. So Scott um, couldn't be with us tonight because he has a pile of homework and uh, a roof restoration project in in process. Yeah, and you know what? I feel bad because. I was like, you know, I'll, I'll help you do your roof. You live really close to me. And, uh, like, he just, he, he started it. He, he didn't turn me down, but it's like every time that, every day that I'm busy with, with my kids is when he wants to work on it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I can't right now. Um, can you wait till, like, Wednesday when I don't have the kids? He's working on it anyway, so I'll get over there eventually and help him. So, but it's not a very big roof, so it shouldn't take him all that long. So, yeah, 
he'll man up and get it all done. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, Sean, how you been? Um, I, I've been all right. Um, busy. Uh, we're, I'm still working. Um, us and essential employees. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah, and uh, staying healthy, keeping the kids healthy. Yeah, so the the kids have developed a slight cough, but uh, it, it's Allergy. nothing nothing to be alarmed about. It's just it's it's not COVID nineteen. It's allergies twenty. Yeah, I you know I don't know if my kids have a, see weird thing is I had allergies like my entire life up until like my sophomore year of high school, and then they just went away. Really? Like yeah. Like, aged kinda, out of them? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, you know, my kids sneeze a little bit more this time of year and stuff like that, so... But, you know, no fevers, nothing like that. Just normal kid germs, so... Dude, I had the opposite uh, allergy problem. I never had allergies as a kid, ever, until... I uh, ended up, like, getting long-term exposure to, like, black mold in my teens. And ever since then, like, I have allergies. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. So, I, or maybe it's, like, you know, suscept I'm susceptible to mold and stuff, and that would obviously be high this time of year. But, like, every time I go mow the grass, I'm, like, a week sounding like uh, like my nose is totally stuffed up and I have a weird cough. But it happens. It happens every spring now, and has for the last like ten years. Yeah, allergies are or weird. Longer. They are weird. But uh, and so is uh, identity politics. No, oh, it's you see what I did there. That's what they call yeah. in the business a segue. You know, Not I wrote the... a segue one time. Did you? Not the same kind of Segway, but... Did you did you look like an android the way that every other person that rides a Segway does? No, I have a really funny story that I need to tell, though, before... Okay. So so this was Hard actually on my, on our on our honeymoon. Um, <laughs> it's so already that, good. Yeah. Segway so, riding on the honeymoon. But we're, we're in, we went up to uh, the Mall of America. We did a road trip up to the Mall of America up in Bloomington, um, St. Paul area in Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. And we did a history tour of Minneapolis um, on segways around the city, and it was really, okay. really cool. So we we did like a we had to do like we had like a half hour to get the get the hang of the segway before we took off. So like they took us out in like this vacant parking lot <laughs> to do your maneuverability <laughs> test. Yeah, like we just had to like basically you have to learn how to trust the machine because it balances for you. Mm -hmm. So you just have to like get the feel for because like other than that, it's pretty intuitive. You just lean forward or backward or stand straight up and that stops you. And then you push the stick left or right to turn. Well, uh, um, so we're on the the bridge that crosses the, the Mississippi River. Like wow. we get so we're riding our Segway across and we stop. You know, we stop periodically to take pictures or whatever. And uh, there's this guy on this on this, <laughs> on this bicycle. And as he's like, I'm just parking my Segway. You know, I feel like Paul Blart at this point. <laughs> but I'm just parking my Segway and I'm just like taking one step off. And uh, this guy like, like is cruising by on a bicycle. And like he's like in full like fitness gear. And he's like... 
This is why everybody's getting fat now. Can't even can't even walk around the city. They gotta ride these things. Uh, I was like, Gosh. and ever since then, I've been self conscious about my weight. I'm that kidding. Man broke you. <laughs> broke but, your yeah. spirit. Ridiculous. But it was a lot of fun. Anyway, let's get back to your segue. Get back into this. So my genius segue regarding uh, the identity politics and the death of Christian unity, which is a a very heavy title um, for a heavy topic. Um, Yeah, and it was it was a difficult um, for me anyway. I had to I listened to it twice, and it's like over an hour long, just so I could kind of get a grasp of what he was saying. Because, like you said before, we started the show. There's a lot of jargon in this video that some people may not understand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, me Especially being one of if, them. If so. you're not, if you're not watching this subject matter playing out, not only in the church but just even in the the culture broadly, like it's it's a big it's a big item that a lot of people have been talking about, especially for the last probably five or six years. That's really when it's like been in the public consciousness, but it's been bubbling under the surface for decades. Um, and it, I think it, I think a lot of people are surprised at how much that this subject matter has affected the church. Um, so that there's even like, uh, well-known Christian leaders that, um, are, are out there saying like, I'm a racist and I, I will struggle with white supremacy for the rest of my life because I'm white and, and things like that. And it's yeah. just like things that don't, that just don't make sense. And it's it's become a source of division in the church, um, especially in the last four years, really since like probably around 2016. And we can we'll get into some of that as we talk about this session. But um, it's been a sticking point for together for the gospel because quite a bit of uh, what some people will call woke. Or um, uh, critical theory uh, infused language was used at um, the last together for the gospel conference, and it kind of ruffled some feathers. Like the, you know, these are some big name reformed folks out here, and they're kind of spouting these lines from uh, essentially what what's called cultural Marxism, basically yeah. s- saying that you're the whole identity politics thing, and this is some of the basics I think will probably help make this a little more understandable as we talk about it, but identity politics is sort of a general term, uh, especially that's used in the political arena, obviously, uh, based on critical theory and intersectionality, where you are more, your opinions and your life have more, uh, have more points of validity uh, based on what what groups you're part of, yeah. So straight white men like us, because we're not marginalized, our opinions don't matter as much on the intersectionality scale. Right. If you're a white woman, your opinions matter a little more because you're a woman, but you're still white, so you're still lower on the relevance scale. But let's say you go and you're uh, um, a, a black transgender. Female, 
um, with with some sort of you know um, mental illness, well then your your relevance is almost near the top because you have a stronger intersection of different groups, different marginalized groups than a lot of other people. So this kind of thing has kind of come into the church. People are saying that the church um, people should only read theology written by theologians of color, that you understand the Bible better when you don't read what a white man has written or things like that, uh, which I'm not saying it's a bad thing to read uh, a theologian who is not white, but uh, it, it just strikes a lot of us um, as incongruous with the gospel that um, that just based on ethnicity, some people's thoughts and opinions are better than others. Not based on how biblical they are or how well they can exegete scripture, but simply because of what they look like or how much right. melanin their skin has. So um, this, this session, kind of in the middle of all this, is Jonathan Lehman's attempt, I think, to come to grips a little bit with with what what he calls identity politics, but what's what's more called uh, critical theory and intersectionality. Um, the, not only the effect it has on the church, but maybe some ideas of how to how to prevent it from being so divisive, which is why he he's called it uh, identity politics and the death of Christian unity. And I found the uh, session to be quite the uh, mixed bag. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. I thought he did actually a pretty good job of explaining stuff, though. Yeah. Like, overall. For me, it started rough, and it got better near the end. And uh, the reason that it felt rough to me uh, is one two-word phrase. Uh, Unexpected ally. (laughs) Yeah, that one... That threw me off, but as he explained it, I kind of saw the point. To some degree, yeah, I could kind of see where he's coming from, but I think he was making a little too much out of it. But um, at the same time, I I try to I try anything that has to do with race. Um, I don't associate with that stuff because um, I don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. Um. And why for, not, Sean? Tell tell us why you don't believe in "quote unquote" race. Race, because um, uh-huh. it's a social construct. Um, uh, I am a biology guy. I have a degree in biology, um, and race. When you're studying anthrop- biological anthropology, does not come into play whatsoever. Um, Race and would basically is the equivalent um, to a species of of animal. Like you have, you may have the golden finch and the and some other finch. They Mm -hmm. are different species. They're both finches. They are different species, and they cannot interbreed. They cannot have offspring together because they're different species. Right. So That's if just plain race exist if race existed, you would not be able to. I would not l- 
okay, me right here. I'm a white man. I would not be able to marry a black woman and we would not be able to procreate because we would be of different races and mm -hmm. that we are one race. We're the human race. I know that's kind of a right. cliche, but race is not a thing. Now, in, in biblically speaking as well, it's not a thing. Um, they just talked about this on Just Thinking, and they did an awesome job. I'm glad you got to that because I was gonna I was gonna shout out that podcast if you didn't get to it already. But the, they really they did a fantastic job. Oh, it was about amazing concept. But the the fact is, scientifically, even speaking, biologically, there's no such thing as race. It's yes, there's ethnicities. Um, why there are ethnicities based on science is completely different from why there are different ethnicities based biblically. I'm not going to get right. into that. Right. But we can see that there are different ethnicities, but that is the least of my worries and I I just I don't I just don't see the why that holds water on to anything. It's it's something that people want to hold on to. Mm -hmm. Um right. <sighs> Well, because it's it's become useful. It's become politically yeah. and socially useful. So, like, there's social capital to be gained in certain circles by cashing in on what what we would call you know racial differences. Um, that's that's been evident for a long time in the political sphere, but it's it's sort of trickled into uh, academia, certainly. Uh, and really, in, even into the church, which has, like I said before, has surprised a lot of people. Um, Lehman did a good job outlining what was called um, cultural Marxism. And we hear that yeah. term thrown around a lot. But he, he gave four points, basically, that are kind of the core tenets of cultural Marxism. And then it's this, I, this identity theory that, that comes into play in the rest of his talk regarding how this has affected the church. So cultural Marxism, one, prioritizes the group over the individual. Number two, views all of life as political. Three, views everything as a binary between oppressor and oppressed. And four, seeks to, to overthrow and remake present structures of, of, um, of the market, the family, and the public square. So there's no middle ground. Um, that and that's exactly what's happened. You know, you're on e either you're with us or with your the or you're with the bigots. You know, there's there's no there's no gray gray area. There's no two ways. Uh, it's just there's no middle ground. Yeah, and, and the we, weird thing we is, see that like, I can't. Thing a lot. I can't even decide that I'm a bigot. Um, <laughs> I just automatically am because of how right. Yeah. Um, well, and that's how that the one guy, and now I'm blanking on his name, who uh, was at, um, he was a faculty member at Southern Baptist Seminary, and I think at Boyce College too, where he he was in a in an interview with somebody, and he he went right down this road where he he on like a podcast or a radio show, I can't remember what it was, did a whole public confession about. I'm a racist, I'm a, I'm a white supremacist, and I will deal with white supremacy for the rest of my life. And that's because he's a white man, and the narrative tells him that you are an oppressor. Simply because you're white 
and because in this theory it's the natural tendency for people who grow up in a certain ethnic group which yes. comes with a certain socioeconomic set of privileges will yeah, live culture their li- and yeah yeah and they'll live their life to maintain that level of privilege through their whole mm-hmm. life and in doing so cut down more marginalized people in order to to keep their standard of living the the weird thing is I I find this interesting. Um, they they have a th- this whole like thing. They have a great way of like addressing the problem and pointing fingers, but they never really offer a solution to the problem. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? It um, is funny. They well the solutions they, do, they change. There is no one solution, and that's yeah. And it's it's that whole um, and and that we kind of get into. This whole idea of intersectionality and identity politics and all this stuff is a, is a postmodern thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's the postmodern religion. Yeah, it, there's no. It's it's truth based on it's a subjective truth that everybody has their own subjective truth that everybody's truth holds water. There's no absolute truth. You don't have to worry about that. It's my truth is better than yours kind of thing. And you're never going to find a solution in that. And I'm, I'm praying for the day that people, you know, realize that, but. Okay. I'm glad you talked about that. Cause I was actually going to start with my gripes, but I think that would be a good road for us to, to, uh, to explore at this point. Um, so this would be about halfway through the talk uh, where he talks about, so, so here's how he broke it down. He kind of did some introductory remarks. He talked about identity politics as an unexpected ally, then as profoundly misleading or deceiving, and then he talked about the issue of the death of Christian unity. And so in the section where he talks about it being profoundly misleading or deceiving, he casts what he calls identity politics, but what we know as critical theory, critical race theory, and intersectionality, he casts it as a religion, which I think is yeah. absolutely correct. Yeah. But um, so I wrote, I said, he, he said in the talk, it can be seen as its own religion. Like all postmodern philosophies, it's anti theology that manages to say some truths. Philosophies of the world are upside down to the gospel. If it's mm-hmm. anti theology, then we have to think through its doctrine of creation, of fall and sin, and redemption. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found he, that section really interesting. Yeah, and I, I had a lot of agreement with it. Because I at our core, humans are a religious being. And, yeah. And stop, stop me if you think I'm wrong. But we're all, unless we're regenerate believers, we believe some degree of self-righteousness. Um, oftentimes in the past, that's been played off as worship of a certain deity. So uh, you could take Islam, for example. Self-righteousness comes into play for a Muslim because he has to save himself. He has to follow Mm -hmm. all of Allah's rules, and at the final day, his good deeds will be weighed against his bad deeds, and if the balance comes out in his favor, he gets to go into paradise. Well, in postmodernism, you know, after all, God is dead, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Ha ha. But um, what, he was, God, but he rose three <laughs> days later. <laughs> you just Jesus juked those guys. That's awesome. 
so since so since the culture killed God, apparently, um, yeah. we we now create what what Lehman calls an anti theology. So we have all the trappings of a religion just without a God, and that's because mm-hmm. finally, at least these guys are uh, self aware enough that they are their own God. So oh yeah, I, I don't, did you? I, I want to go through um, some notes on each of those points about the the woke religion. Okay. Um, so he talked about their doctrine of creation. So since God's dead, the group is God. Yeah. And uh, you're talking like the racial group or the uh, yeah the, the racial the group. cultural group or whatever group that you're identif- identifying with. Right. So okay. for me, as a white man, my my God is my white quote unquote race. So your, everything I your do, European descent. Yes. Uh, okay. No matter no matter what other minority uh, ancestry may be mixed in there, um, but you know, like even if even if you're like, let's say you're half Jewish, you're still mm-hmm. white, even though like correct, <laughs> even though Jews were like one of the most oppressed ethnic groups in the 20th century, they're still considered yeah. white. Yeah, that was like. Um Somebody told, uh, I'm sure people that listen to this podcast are fam- have heard of Ben Shapiro. Sure. Um, uh, I, I enjoy listening to Ben Shapiro. He's a very intelligent man. Um, but the someone like at, he's doing a talk at like a university and a lady stands up and says, you're something like you're oppressing me right now or something, (laughs) something, something, uh, a liberal would say, (laughs) sorry. Um, But, but, um, he said, she said, you're a white man oppressing. She was a black lady, a white man oppressing, oppressing me, a, a black woman. And he said, look, lady, I, I am an Orthodox Jew. <laughs> I, my group has been oppressed much more. <laughs> if, if you want to play that card, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And, and they're the, it, the, the remains of 7 million, uh, dead bodies in various, uh, furnaces across, uh, Europe, uh, that, that could, uh, yeah. um, that could prove that fact. And you know, the weird thing is if you, if you, um, translate the signs at Auschwitz, mm-hmm. if you translate the signs, it literally translated into English. It, it says closed for now. That's what it says. Oh my. And I don't know, but in German, um, Things don't translate as easy as other European languages into English. German so it's weird. It's a weird. So language. you're not going to get. I'm not saying that's actually what it says. It's just interesting that. Uh, They're not. It's not closed permanently. Yeah, I don't even know why it's still standing. To be honest. Um, yeah. Well, you know. There, there's you enough gotta, Holocaust gotta, deniers you, out there that they probably should leave it standing so people can. <laughs> It it really is a cemetery, I guess. Yeah. So it's crazy. Anyway, so the doctrine of creation. The, so the group is God, 
or you know your yourself within your group is god i guess um so people adopt beliefs based on their prototypical group member so the way that a woke white person engages in the woke religion will be different than the way a woke asian person or a woke african-american person or a woke i don't know german american i don't know no because they're still white uh or or an indian or an indian american will change depending on obviously who your your ethnic group is so there are no moral resources to distinguish between the verifiable groups which obviously would be uh like the uh the ethnic groups you know counting melanin uh in in the skin from manufactured groups so that's how you get like the the uh the trans rights thing and the uh, so not just transgender like trans age um folks like yeah. rachel dolezal who uh claimed to be transracial where she was a white woman but identified as a black woman and actually led a chapter of the NAACP. Um, and then she got outed when, when somebody found pictures of her when she was like a, a young kid, red haired and freckled and white. You can't get whiter than that. Like, I, I, this is such a, a rabbit trail, but remember Dave Chappelle did did something about <laughs> did something about her he, he, in the middle of a joke. He's like Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can't believe in that name. <laughs> oh man! Interesting fact for anybody that didn't know: Dave Chappelle lives rather close to us. He has That's, a house in Yellow yeah. Springs, Ohio. Yep, that's right. Pretty cool. I've driven through there and actually seen him like walking on the sidewalk. <laughs> oh man, he the man's a genius. Um, oh, he's hilarious. But anyway, uh, okay. So that's the doctrine of creation. So <clears throat> unlike the biblical doctrine of creation, where you know we've got Adam and Eve and the Garden of Eden and all this stuff, like there are there's as many creation stories as there are ethnic groups. So already you're kind of in a pluralistic space right there under this mm-hmm. woke religion. Then we move to the doctrine of fall and sin, which is kind of what you were talking about there before, Sean. Um, there's a different list of sins for each ethnic group based on yeah. that group's history in America. Because this is obviously mm-hmm. an American-centric I- issue. Of course um, it is. I think it was James... <laughs> James White was talking about this because he's been hot on this subject for a while, and he does a lot of world traveling with speaking engagements and debates and things like that. And he'll talk about this to people in Europe, and on a whole, they're like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, because everybody's like, "You're crazy." Yeah, that doesn't make sense. And, and some places have their own version of this that looks differently based on you know the context of their country. But I mean, what's and even the- in yeah, even in Europe, um, which is like increasingly more liberal every year, mm-hmm. they're still like, "What the heck is this?" You know. Yeah. 
we've just we've in pure American fashion we're we're upping the ante and we're trying to outdo other liberals mm-hmm. by being e- extremely liberal and as a as a libertarian myself I I don't care if you're liberal or progressive mm-hmm. uh, or conservative or whatever you coin yourself it in this country you can you can believe whatever you want and you have that right um, but there's a certain extent where when common sense goes out the window um, you have to really stop and like step back and look at it and be like does this really matter in the big scheme of things I just I don't know um, I'm well, just a simple conservative guy from Ohio here <laughs> trying to make my way <laughs> well the in the issue is so it's so incendiary because in the system you can be accused of sins that you've never committed and like correct i've committed a lot of sins okay <laughs> like i'm a 30 year old man like i've i've already lived uh, a bit i'm a sinner and i know it oh but yeah doggone it i know i'm not i know some of the i know you're a sinner too me lee trust me <laughs> Yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> I am the chief of sinners myself. Bub. So <laughs> yeah, we we, <sighs> could, we could give Paul a run for his money. We might have not killed Christians, but you know we're still rebels at heart. Yeah, and see the thing is, but I don't. In, I have inherited Adam's sin. I didn't inherit my great great grandpa's sin, which, to my correct. knowledge, I don't even have any like ancestry here that would have held slaves anyway. But even yeah. even still, even the people that have descended from slave owners, they're not guilty of the sins of that their their great 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 grandparents. Correct, made. correct. And the same for the descendants of people who were slaves. You've never you you haven't been enslaved, and part of this part of the woke thing too is extrapolating out of that that even. Even the people that were actually harmed in so many ways in the past, um, the the claim, and this goes back to what Lehman was saying about the the grounds of cultural Marxism, that it affects the institutions of our country, even if people that work in those institutions aren't aware that it affects it. So the whole justice system has to be torn apart. And re reworked, mm-hmm. um, reestablished, because it is structurally racist. Yes, and then when you restructure it, you're not bringing justice; you're just bringing new injustices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is so, exactly where we've just we've just flipped the script on who gets to commit injustice. And, yes, and that's the thing: as Christians, we're not into injustice. No, absolutely not. I mean, God is. That's one of his attributes. He is he is absolute justice. He is just, and uh, we we understand that a different way from this religion that we're talking religion in quotes air quotes here. And so, because God is just, He's laid out in in His Word what's good and what's evil. And at the heart of injustice, biblically, is calling evil good and good evil, which is exactly mm-hmm. what the woke mindset does. Because yeah. Um, because it, it, so it, based on, on who an action serves, that becomes good. So like, 
let's say you've and he used this example you there you have a transgender child uh you've got a very young boy who uh likes to wear pink and plays with barbie dolls and uh, would rather um would rather try on all the clothes in his closet than go outside and play baseball with the other kids Mm -hmm. okay so instead of seeing that as just you know a kid you know being a kid and doing atypical things we have to go now and give that kid puberty blockers so he can be a she like he says he wants to be at that moment but he also wanted to be a fire truck 10 minutes before yeah Mm -hmm. um i'm gonna get back into biology for a minute do it this this bothers me because your body, as it develops, if let's say you um, are a male, genetically you're a male. At the genetic level, you are a male. You have an X and a Y chromosome. And your body, although not completely, but is pretty reliant hormonally on your gender. Your gender is a biologic thing that God grants you. Um, you are either a male or a female, biologically. And when puberty is an extremely important time in the development of the body. Um, yes, it's really awkward, um, socially speaking. But when you block hormones from doing what your body needs them to do, you're causing so much damage, not only physically but emotionally um mentally it 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 affects the brain Uh, it's it's honestly i would consider it child abuse and i don't even think it should be allowed um i don't know why why we allow this to happen it's it's not right it's not right it's it's um it's a sign it's not good for your kid it's, it's not, not good for your kid at all. You, as a parent, you should be looking out for the well-being and the health of your child and putting them on hormone blockers because one day your boy's like, I, ooh, I'm going to dress up in pink, you know. You know, yesterday my, my, my son wanted to jump off the roof and see if the, the, the sheet he was using, holding, would make him fly. I mean... What you didn't know is he was trans species and thought he was a bird, and this was how he was yeah. going to be a bird. <laughs> yeah. So now he's self-identifying as a bird. See, this is the lu- it's ludicrous. He's species I don't... fluid. <laughs> well, and again, <laughs> he, get that on a business card for him. He'll go places. He's something. He's not species fluid. He's <laughs> he's, he's just a kid. You know, the kids do these. Th- I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, it's it's old it's old fashioned and passe to believe that a boy is a boy and a girl is a girl. Those are good categories that God's given us uh, that the postmodern crowd loves to deny and do everything in their power to call evil or transgressive or all sorts of words that they can throw at it. So instead, what's just is to make a boy into a girl or make a girl into a boy or to be something in between or or be a girl on Mondays and a and a boy on Wednesdays 
or, or yeah. whatever. And we end up um, damaging our, um, our bodies. Um, we damage our society. And we lose, again, the commonality as human beings. Like You just lose the things that we have always had in common. Um, yeah, and, and that's that's sin. Oh yeah. Um, if anything, the the if you like look into identi- identity politics, you're going to see. Um, you're go- you're going to see just how pervasive sin really is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a big reminder of that, and not just not just that people that hold to identity politics or critical race theory or whatever you want to call it. Um, not just those people. It's, it's not just their sin. It's, it's just sin in general humanity. No, it, Sean, you're a bigot. There's no such, there's no such thing as sin yeah. in general. You can't say yeah. that cause you're a man. You have no idea yeah. what it's like to live as a woman. So how can you say that a woman is wrong to abort her baby or that a woman would be wrong to give her, her son the, the hormone blockers or yeah, give her daughter well. hormone blockers <laughs> how how dare you assume the gender of my of my baby yeah i'm going to let this baby decide its own gender when it turns 16 or whatever um yeah. but you don't get to tell me that's wrong because you're a man mm-hmm. you're a white man or or it could even be you know uh, let's say a white woman criticizes something that an Indian woman does. You can't mm-hmm. you can't do that because you're white. So it's again it's the intersectionality. But obviously, like let's look at scripture and Lehman g- gave a great example. Um, this whole under the doctrine of fallen sin, they uh, totally overlook the universality of sin. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, he uses the prophet Jeremiah as an example, who obviously lived in a patriarchal society, like blatantly patriarchal. Okay, um, there's no two ways around, uh, uh, no two ways about that. But he is able to justly point fingers at idolatrous women um, while he's living in that patriarchal society, because there is such a thing as objective right and objective wrong in God's mm-hmm. word. And oh, absolutely. we have to be dedicated to calling that out no matter who is in the wrong, whether it's our best friend or, you know, some some person who doesn't look like us, doesn't live like us. Um, right is right and wrong is wrong, no matter what you look like or what another person looks like or where they're from. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, okay, so then uh, the, next is the doctrine of redemption, which I think is is one of the worst aspects of of wokeism, um, and it's the fact that it offers no redemption at all. So there's a big list of sins, especially if you're in the in the wrong ethnic group, um, and they offer salvation not by grace but by merit, just like any other man-made religion. You've got to do the right things in order to be accepted. But unfortunately, there is no one set of laws to follow because the laws could be different depending on your ethnic group and the laws and the sin lists can increase. So things that weren't a sin before could become a sin later just depending on the whims of of whoever's calling the shots. Uh-huh. So you could have your redemption, you could you could say all the right things and walk the fine line and then all of a sudden a new sin is added, you trip 
and then it's over, and there's no redemption. It's, yeah, it's revoked. You can't get it back. So you, you send the wrong tweet, and all of a sudden, off with your head, you're canceled. Yeah. Uh, one quote from him was, Redemption is a new power arrangement. You're redeemed when you see politics my way. And again, back to identity mm. politics and cultural Marxism, everything's political. So where you mm-hmm. shop is political, what kind of car you drive is political. And this is true not only of the left, but also on the right. Like there are things that should be objective, normal things that become politicized. Um, right. And I, I, oh, I can't, I, you know, I don't even like the government that much anyway. <laughs> and, and <laughs> me neither. I'll be on, I'm a red blooded American. Okay. <laughs> Last thing I worry about is the government. Right. But <laughs> but the, just it invades every part of your life. You can't you can't open yep. you know anything about social media. You you can't watch TV for 5 minutes without mm-hmm. something political whether it be a commercial or it's like embedded in the show you're watching. Um the whole the whole plot of the show is about somebody's same sex relationship or yeah or yeah um, even like I got really mad at Netflix a while back because they did the whole gay Jesus movie oh yeah thing um, I think what that might have been around Messiah? Christmas time was no that? Messiah was like a cult mo- like a drama uh-huh. about like a cult leader and it was it, that was actually pretty good um, but. Um, I can't even remember what it, what the name of this was, but it was like a gay. It, Jesus was portrayed as a gay man, and uh, and uh, obviously they did it to you know stir the pot, whatever. But uh, it's just you you can't get away from it. It's just, it's tiring. It is. It's exhausting. But again, if everything's political, it, it's going to wear you out. And I think that's partly by design because. If this narrative is in your face 24-7, whether it's on the news or on your favorite sitcoms or in the books that you read or the podcasts you listen to, I think the goal is to break you down and become compliant. And there's enough of us stubborn, red, red-blooded Americans in the church. You almost said redneck, didn't you? Red, almost did. Almost did. Red-blooded. That's okay. Redneck's good. Redneck's okay. I like it. I, I, I'm a soft redneck. <laughs> what am I then? You're slightly coarser redneck. <laughs> Actually, your neck isn't that red because it's covered by a mullet. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah. My neck is redder than yours. Just, it gets more sunlight. Yeah. It's, I'll tell you what though. I'm one of those people like, I will look outside on a sunny day and then I look at my arm and it's beat red. Like I can't even go outside. I get sun. It's re- I have to put like my SPF 200 on before yeah. I go mow the grass. It's I ridiculous. got windburnt. Oh yeah. Yeah. I get windburnt. Oh, it's, oh, it's terrible. See, sometimes it is hard being white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got struggles God. too. <laughs> Okay, well, okay, so can I unload my gripes? <laughs> You're like, let's change the subject real fast. Uh, can I can I tell my gripes with Lehman now? Yeah, go for okay, it. So we've been in, in a group, we've been talking about our, our sections of agreement with what he said. Honestly, I agreed with about 
of what he said. Okay. And there was a 25% bit uh, that I really had to scratch my head over. Um, it was the, the unexpected ally section, and then a little bit about his uh, Christian unity bit at the end. So I'm just going to drop my gripes real quick and, and chime in with yours uh, as we go along. Okay, so his points uh, of why it's an unexpected ally was one, that it reminds us of the pervasiveness of sin, two, helps us better understand the Bible's calls to repentance and unity that only comes through repentance, three, helps us more carefully consider the prominent role the Bible gives to justice, and four, helps us carefully consider what Scripture says about authority. Okay. Uh On the surface, that isn't so terrible, but when you start to think more about what we just talked about for the last like 40 minutes about what's wrong with critical theory. I am so leery of looking for the silver lining in that, that I I just want to chuck it out the window because if, if I start to find common ground and usefulness in it, I'm afraid of opening the door to some of the more incipient parts of it, getting into my Mm -hmm. orthopraxy, not saying that it's going to change my, orthodox beliefs but that it might change the way that i live out my christian life that could be detrimental yeah so for instance it reminds us of the pervasiveness of sin yeah obviously i mean that's kind of the whole point of the thing is that there are people that have been historically sinned against in american culture that's that's true on its face i mean you don't have to be a scholar of american history to know that um that African American people have been harmed for a oh, long time yeah. in America. Yeah, absolute it's atrocious, a, a huge atrocious injustice. stuff that had happened, and um, it it makes me sick to my stomach just to think that one human being can view another human being that way. It just makes me sick to my stomach, and yeah. it's it's just as bad as identity politics. It's just the other extreme yeah. of it if you're proud of what happened in the jim crow south for example uh yeah you need, that, you need to check yourself <laughs> yeah you should be ashamed of yourself um so yeah. so of course of course we see the sinfulness in it but the problem is going to be if we're looking into critical race theory to see what it says about the pervasiveness of sin we're going to have to grapple with what it says is the solution and they're going to be two diametrically opposed things. Yeah. So our solution as 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 Christians, as believers, as people who believe in reconciliation after all, the reconciliation that's recommended by critical race theory is opposed to biblical reconciliation. So so Christians Christians believe in reconciliation because as sinners we're reconciled to God by grace. Yeah, by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. Exactly, exactly. And that's something that, um, last I checked, didn't have to do with what we look like, what ethnic group that we come from, what has historically happened to people of our ethnic group in history. Um, yeah, it's it goes much deeper and further than that because we're all on equal footing as enemies of God, as mm-hmm. cosmic traitors, as R.C. Sproul would say. Uh, 
So our reconciliation yeah. with each other as people living in the world is tied to the fact that as fellow believers, all of our sins are forgiven and we're reconciled to God where we were enemies before that deserved uh, eternal punishment in hell. Now we're sons and daughters of the very God that we hated and we get to spend eternity in face-to-face relationship with him because of his work for us. Uh So as Paul says, now there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free. And yet, while he said that, he sent a man back, an escaped slave, to go live with the man who he called master. Uh Some people would call that incongruous, but the reconciliation was there. They were brothers in the faith, but that didn't necessarily change the culture they lived in. No. But critical theory would say, in order to be equal, in order to be reconciled, we not only have to totally tear down the culture that came out of a period where people could be slaves, but not only that, people recommend paying financial reparations to people that may or may not have been descended from those slaves simply because Mm -hmm. of what they look like. And again, that's another episode of just thinking that is uh, dynamite. They did an episode about reparations months ago and it I'm going to have to find a link and put it in there because um, it's so true. Those guys are so smart. They're so much smarter than us. (laughs) And they they do hard work on. Yeah. They, they work hard. Oh, they're incredibly intelligent, and um, I can't believe that we're part of the same network as them. So, <laughs> <laughs> it, it amazes me every time I listen because, and they and they've been talking about these subjects for a long time too. But yeah. they can see so clearly through the um, the bovine manure that the world likes to throw out there, <laughs> and. It, do you like how I dodged that that word? Yeah, <laughs> and and they just cut through it with scripture, uh, and and uh, critical worldview thinking uh, from a Christian worldview. Um, so we already have a good if we just read the Bible and believed it. We don't need to look to a secular system to understand that sin is pervasive. We don't need a secular system to tell us. <clears throat> that we should repent and that we should recognize the unity that comes with repentance. Yeah. I don't need, even as a white American, I don't need to be reminded through critical race theory that white people have done bad things to other mm-hmm. ethnicities in history. Right. I know that repentance is critical, not only to the Christian life, but really to living in our community. Mm-hmm. As a church, we're united by the fact that we have repented and believed. That's kind of the essence of entering the church. You know, we're saved when we repent of our sins and believe in Christ. Because, uh, and we've talked about this that we are uh, regenerated by faith. Um, the Holy Spirit does a work in our hearts. We despise our sin and we repent. That's a universal condition of every Christian. That's a level of commonality right. <clears throat> that we need to remember. I don't need yeah, a secular it, system to tell me that that's important. Yeah, and when you start relying on a secular system with your Christian faith, you 
it's pretty hard to um, work that out correctly because you're you're relying you can't rely on the world and Christ. Um, it's either one or the other. You're right. You can't live uh, in you, fear you of the world and live for Christ. Yeah, you can't serve God, both God and Mammon. You you got to pick one or the other, and uh, and un, and and subconsciously you will. And if you act on your own nature, you're not going to choose God. Right. Um. So you we got to be careful. Um. Like you said, when. Considering identity politics an unexpected ally, I saw where he was going with it, and on like you said, on the surface, those four points he gave, yeah, sure, um, but I don't need identity politics to know how pervasive sin is. Like you said, I, I don't need, I don't need this unexpected ally. I need the Bible to tell me this, and the Bible's um, going to be better at it. Yeah. If we be- if we believe and really act on what especially the Bible if it's says, a CSB, <clears throat> yeah, okay, sure, I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Faithful uh. and true. <laughs> uh, yeah. It seems to me the only reason to consider it an unexpected ally is because you want some kudos from the world that you you're listening to what they're interested in in, mm-hmm. in the last five minutes. Yeah, I don't really care if you get the if you get the merit badge from the culture because they'll take it away. Yeah, as soon as you slip up. Yeah, I mean, the, so okay, so let's say you buy into critical theory, and and you do the things that the culture wants you to do. As soon as you start talking about the need for repentance, they're going to take that away because that at the heart is what people hate. So unless you're willing yeah. to jettison those things in order to stay in the good graces of the world, there's no point in even paying lip service to such a, a such a uh, a man-centered uh, self-righteousness promoting system as identity politics, cultural Marxism, critical race theory, intersectionality, mm-hmm. whatever buzz phrases you want to use to describe it. Uh, it, it will only it will only start you down a dark path, I think. Um, yeah. If you start to even pay lip service to worldly ideas. And like I said, the Bible does all these things better if we only believed mm-hmm. and taught what it said. Well, just just because the world discovered five minutes ago that there were that there were injustices in the world and now they've got their own crackpot theory of how they want to fix it, that doesn't mean yeah. we have to go along with it. Because Christians have always been concerned about injustice in the world, mm-hmm. you know, as as the the hands and feet of Christ, Christians have have been feeding and clothing the needy, have been caring for widows and orphans, have been looking out for what what people call the marginalized. Um, since our since the church has been, yeah. You know who and, who's the group yeah. that has founded all these hospitals? There's a reason hospitals are called Good Samaritan, or or have mm-hmm. uh, um, have a denomination's name in them because Christians have been bettering their neighbors forever, ever since there yeah. have been Christians. Yeah, and um, 
And that's, just that's not to say it, that there I, have been some... Because there were people that pretended to be Christians in the South that did the racist things they did because they said they thought they were serving Christ. I don't really believe that. Yeah. Yeah, the whole the the whole Ku Klux Klan thing uh, right. is they, they base their ideals off Scripture. Um, they claim to be Christians, and uh, they are absolutely not Christians. <laughs> I'm sorry, anybody um, who can burn a cross... Uh, doesn't yeah. count <laughs> in my um, mind. And just the, the wretched things that you, you that that group has done to other human beings, it's 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 disgusting. Um, and again, we don't have to answer for them because we know they're not Christians. You can tell by the fruit right. whether the tree is alive or dead. That's yeah. A dead and he tree. had a quote at the. At the end, that I really liked, and I wrote it down. And it said, "He said we are saved by faith alone, but that faith is never alone." Mm-hmm. And uh, that that goes in right with you know you can you can tell the tree from the fruit. Put it simply, and this is how I explained it to my kids because my my daughter's five now, and she uh, she noted well, we have a lot of black friends um, uh, that. Mm-hmm that are my family and uh we grew up next door to a a black family Mm -hmm. and uh you know i'd always go over to their house and they'd always come over to my house and we'd play and the kids you know whatever it doesn't matter and i never like i was not raised to see them as different Mm -hmm. and it, it never registered in my head and I'm sure at some point when I was little, I asked, you know, why is my skin a different color than theirs? Mm-hmm. But um, I was never raised to think them different. Right. And that's how I want to raise my kids. And my daughter, Ellie, came up to me the other day and she had been playing with one of the girls. And she said, she's a lot tanner than me. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> she's that's it. she just has more tan skin than you. That's it. Yep. And she was like, but I'm more tan than Noah, my which is her brother. Yeah. And I was like, yes, you got darker skin than your brother. Everybody has a little bit different skin. Everybody's special. Everybody, mm-hmm. you know. And she was, you know, and she moved on her way, and that was it. So you and taught if, her white privilege. Good job. <laughs> yes. But, you know, there's, there's going to be somebody out there that says that what you did was wrong because you're making her colorblind. It's it's about not making that so uh, such a huge part of that person that you can't have any commonality. Right. I just – I don't want my kids to be adults, and when they look at somebody, the first thing that goes through their head is, okay, that's a black person mm-hmm. or that's an Asian person. That's a white person. Um, I, I just want them to see a person. Yeah, I, I want them to see someone made in the image of God, and that's it. Um, I don't I don't care what they look like. I don't care how clean they are. I don't care if they're rich or poor or homeless or you know whatever. I don't I don't care. I just want them to see a a person that deserves their respect, and that's it. Yeah. The one thing I don't the one thing I don't care about is is the people that deny the image of God for whatever reason. Whether they're secularists or they have or some sort of weird religious stance or whatever, but to deny different classes of people or ethnic groups the the image of God, 
I don't have any yeah. time for that because that is so no. wrong. And again, that leads you down a very dangerous road. It really down several several dangerous roads um, mm-hmm. that we that we shouldn't give give time or attention to. Right. Yeah, it's not worth your time. Is there anything else you wanted to say, Lee? Uh, I I do um, just a couple points on the Death Christian Union. I'm just going to read off his main points because I, I the ones that the ones I I liked the most without much disagreement. Uh, this is third point. Preach the whole Bible. You can't cherry pick, Lee. I'm uh, just kidding. <laughs> preach the whole Bible. It gives us everything we need for life and godliness. Partiality is condemned. And that's exactly yeah. right. I mean, that's yep. that's the heart of the church. That's why, and, and he mentioned this, where James chastises people for giving mm-hmm. giving the best, the, the highest honored seat in the house to the richest man in town. But you make yeah. the poor man who comes to worship sit on the floor yes. at the back. Sit on the floor, yep. Yeah, that's not right. And there have been churches nope. that have done that. And we're not going to say that the church is perfect in how it lives things out in the world. But... Uh, I think, especially as reformed people, we have to be talking about reformed and always reforming, and that has to do Mm -hmm. not only with uh, good theology, but good, uh, what we would call orthopraxy, or right living. We're not going to do it perfectly, but um, we're going to strive to do that better. That was a big word, it hurt my head. (laughs) I got to throw one of those in every once in a while. Uh, I have to fix my mullet now. (laughs) Yeah, comb that thing out. Yeah. And I think another important (laughs) one was to maintain truth and love because you need both of those things together. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he he did a really good job of explaining um, you can't preach truth without love and you can't love outside of truth, capital T truth, absolute truth. Those both those scenarios are going to lead you down paths that go directly away from God. Mm-hmm. Um, you need you need both. Um, you need to be able to preach the truth in love, and you need to be able to love in truth. And uh, it, was it Paul that said, you know, I I can't even remember. He quoted it. Oh, in talking the video. about not having love and being a clanging symbol. Yeah, if if I do all these things but without love, then I am nothing. Yep, that's pure Paul. I mean, Paul said it better than I could, so. <laughs> um, one of my last points, uh, actually, uh, um, and maybe you picked up on this too, the a little hint of uh, some Lutheran idea, um, where he, he, he said, uh, to remember your baptism. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And my like my like, like this, Lutheran spidey this little sense red flag popped up popped up on my head when I heard that. But that's exactly true because again, that's another point of commonality yeah. for people in the church is your baptism. Yeah. As Baptists, I have a very clear idea of when I was baptized because I was baptized after I was a believer. So I can uh-huh. go back and remember my baptism. Um Yeah. And and for the and for you know like you said Lutherans or for for other Christians that do practice pedo baptism Presbyterians um, you, you typically have a a, a ceremony uh, a rite um, sometimes it's considered a sacrament depending on what church you belong to uh, but of confirmation mm-hmm. um, and that celebrates you basically taking responsibility for your baptism at that point mm-hmm. and and 
in coming to the fullness of faith in Christ on your own and uh, and not without Christ has finally brought you into faith and that is that is to be celebrated and that is a way of remembering your baptism and but for us Baptists it's a little simpler than that so yeah I got totally dunked. <laughs> yeah, man. It's the On best. Easter Sunday. Yeah. That was that was cool. Whoa, that that was uh two years, two years ago? ago. Yep. Wow. Back when you could go to church on Easter. <laughs> Not yeah, like we this missed year. Easter this year, didn't we? At our church we had Easter last week when we were able to actually get together uh yeah. meet again for the first time. And it's also really exciting that we're we're gonna do weekly communion. I'm so I'm so pumped about that. Talk about I mean, orthopraxy. How many Yeah, how many Baptist churches, reformed or not, do you know that do weekly communion? Not many. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm so stoked. Uh I lied. I have one I had one more point. Again, it's a it's a point of agreement with, with what you said. I know, I'm a, such a liar. Just add it to the list. <laughs> so, you know, okay, so we have our theological issues with um, Martin Luther King Jr., okay? He had some very, very yeah. unorthodox views of core Christian doctrine, okay? All yeah. right. But um, Lehman quotes something that I think uh, is, is a beautiful... Um, a beautiful goal for the church. So he said that um, he. This is in his second point where he was talking about the church as the political hope of the nations, which I kind of like. Uh, I I don't like bringing the church down into like the political sphere because I think it's kind of above that. It, at least it should be, I think. But of course, there's going to be a political aspect to it, not just under critical theory, but claiming Jesus as our King is kind of a political a political act. You know, we're not going to place yeah. the kind of trust and faith in human leaders as Christians because we trust Christ, who is divine. Um, we trust God to protect us and give us the the uh, the right the 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 laws, the the sense of of good and evil that man could never give us. So, okay, I, I can kind of see the political aspect a little bit. I'll put that aside. But he said. Um, my primary identity is citizen of the kingdom, um, and our hopes lie with the king and other citizens. So the church is where, and this is where he starts to quote Martin Luther King Jr., the church is where little black boys and little black girls will sit with little white boys and little white girls uh, from, the, from the I Have a Dream speech. And that's exactly right. And yeah. we haven't been great at doing that in the church, um, according to history. But by God's grace, we will do better at that, and we won't listen to critical theory and start building walls between us that Christ has already knocked down. Mm -hmm. So we yeah, can finally I, say that you know we we're outside of all the things that the world cares about. It's mm -hmm. Christ only, and what Christ has done in us. Um, that's the essence of being in the kingdom. Yeah. I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, I, I'm cool with that. I'm ready for that. Yeah, I, and I've always I I've always had a you know some some areas you know uh, 
there's just more white people that live in that area or there's just more black people that live in that area. But, like, I just never understood, like, we go to a black church or mm-hmm. our church is all Hispanic people mm-hmm. or our church is... Latvian yeah. Orthodox. <laughs> Latvian Orthodox. You know, poor George, he had to convert for that girl. And then she was like, you know what? I'm, I'm moving. I'm moving to Latvia. <laughs> that is the most that is my absolute favorite i love that episode oh my gosh and then kramer seduced the latvian orthodox nun and he rubbed he rubbed like the the priest told him to rub like garlic and something uh-huh. else all over him to like scare her away and she liked it <laughs> oh i love that show so much Jerry answers the door and he has like garlic hanging around his neck and he's like covered in olive oil. <laughs> it's shows ridiculous. I love it. The best. But yeah, I've never I, I've never liked the idea of a, a racially exclusive church. Um, and there's even denominations based around that. You have like the the. Well, and, and woke, woke Christians have kind of played into that. You know, there have been yeah. some some uh, racial trauma specialists that have said, you know, we don't feel safe in our predominantly white church. Um, we we it's not that we feel uncomfortable; it's unsafe, whatever that means. And they've they've sought out a church that that looks more like them, but is not a reformed church. So they pick yeah the the ethnic um the ethnic they makeup of the, the world church over, over the church yeah i mean that i mean that's scary to me number one yeah. i want to know how how a church can make people of color unsafe because that would concern me absolutely you know are people making rude remarks to to people that don't look like them yeah. in the church uh is, or yeah, because if they're being treated differently than everyone else, that needs to be addressed I, by the pastor and the elders, and uh, that needs to be fixed immediately. And again, that's that's um, an objective behavior that you can you can hear you can hear something like that being said, and you can know that it's wrong, but you can't control a subjective perception. Yeah, and that's what's a lot harder to to deal with. Yeah, but critical theory lives in the subjective. It takes objective realities and it subjectivizes them so that you could be, you know, whatever ethnic group, have never hurt anyone before, and all of a sudden you're an oppressor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird. It's not helpful. I don't find it to be an unexpected ally because uh, I fully expect it to be an enemy because it, it yeah. like I said, it builds walls that Christ knocks down when we're reconciled by faith, by grace alone. I don't have time for it. Yeah. I'd rather pursue biblical justice rather than what Mm -hmm. the world calls justice right now, but could change its uh, definition later uh, by, um, by whoever's calling the shots then. Yeah. And frankly, like if you, if you look at the Bible, um, they never mention the color of anyone's skin. 
You ever notice that? Yeah, not yeah, not really, not as a basis. I I remember. Um, I, I well, the one time I can think of is when um, when Aaron and Miriam make fun of Moses' wife Zipporah. You remember that? Oh, you're right. You're right. And what yeah. happens? They get like leprosy, which turns your yeah, skin so don't, white. Don't. Yeah. Like if you want to make fun it's of a, like of a dark skinned person, you you get sickly white skin. And I mean, we have an idea that you know, most of the most of the 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 people in the history found in the Bible are of Middle Eastern descent, mm-hmm. so. You know they're going to be a certain. On the darker side. We're going to have you know, but you know the this idea of like a blue a blonde haired blue eyed Jesus, um, Paul an old white man with silver hair, <laughs> um, you know these things don't. It's borderline blasphemous. Yeah, we We're, we can't make Jesus. In it our doesn't family. matter, <laughs> right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter, matter what they look like. Um, you're never told what color Adam and Eve were, because it doesn't matter. Um, Have you heard the theory that Simon of Cyrene was a, a swarthy gentleman? Yes. Yeah. I had not the man that, that helped happened. Christ carry his cross. Right. Yeah. Yes. That he would have been of some sort of African descent. Apparently, yeah, Cyrenians and- were dark-skinned people i i guess i, yeah. I didn't realize that but that I, that makes sense and of course you know you have you know an axe you have the the ethiopian eunuch mm-hmm. um you, you know you, you hear of ethnicities right um there's ethnicities all over the place in the bible that's that's how you describe a group of people and according to you know biblically mm-hmm. um but ethnicity and separating people by race are actually completely different. Absolutely. Um, I am mostly an Irish American. Um, not completely, not 100% <laughs> Irish, but I am mostly an Irish American. Um, but according to identity politics, I am an oppressor. I'm a straight white man. <laughs> but the thing is... The Irish were probably some of the most oppressed non-Jewish people in Europe. Yes, um, yeah, some of the most oppressed actual European people. Yeah. Um, Jews aside, the, the Irish were hated among the Europeans. Yeah. Uh, so, because we're just so awesome, they were jealous. <laughs> but But guess what? Okay, so uh, you could go to church with with somebody who is of English descent, who would have been the Irish people's oppressor. Some yeah. some would claim is still uh, the Irish people's oppressor, but uh, or or you could go, um, you know, let's say let's say a Jewish Christian could go to church with a. Uh, with a German Christian and sit next to each other. Yeah. And all of those historical, um, the historical oppression and harm that one group has done to another is is wiped away and can be forgiven on a personal level, yeah. only accomplished Absolutely. by Christ. 
yeah, that all is washed away in the blood of Christ. You know, there's no more walls. There's no more barriers. There's no more Jew and Greek, you know, where we're all the body of Christ. And we need to start acting that way, frankly. And I would go so far as to say that is the only way that those kind of divisions could be healed. Because a group of people today could make a, a pact of some kind or say, okay, we forgive such and such oppressive group from a century ago or longer. And they, that, could, that could work for now, but the next generation to come afterward could be incensed over the history and take it all back and you'd be in the same boat again. If it's up to yeah. people, they're going to choose whatever, um, whatever they want to do at that point. Uh, whatever sin is most enticing to them. Only in Christ can you really wipe away the effect of that history because the worst of all things was laid on Christ. And if we can be forgiven of those sins that Christ took to the cross, we can definitely forgive each other. Absolutely. That's what I have to say about that. (laughs) Um. I was nervous about this. I'll, I'll say that. I even talked to Dwayne a little bit about it because I'm like, we haven't talked about this subject on this show. We've kind of strayed away from that, from a lot of actual like present day topics. You know, I think the most yeah. timely we've ever gotten was talking about the virus that shall not be named. But this really is important to talk about because um, there's a lot of harm that that is being done in the church uh, in the name of of wokeness. Um, yeah. where people are, are using that even as a as an interpretive framework for how we live as Christians that it's just it just doesn't fit no so, not if you read the Bible yeah. but it, it, so it, it was good to talk it out this is definitely an, Im- yeah, yeah. an imperfect discussion but um, it was it was worth having so I enjoyed listening to this That's session it. It was a good thing that T4G broached the the, the topic. Um, Lehman may have been a little too um, uh, level-headed about it, maybe. <laughs> um, I I think, and, and this thing has made waves um, since since people first saw the video of of this talk, mainly because of that unexpected ally. I think if he had used another phrase, I think a lot of the um a lot of the outrage about what he said wouldn't have been quite as outrageous. Yeah. But I mean that's those are the choices you make when you're a speaker. So what was the thing from the Kanye song? If you go woke, you go broke. You remember hearing that in that one the one track yeah. on Jesus is King? That's that's mm-hmm. about where I fall yeah. on it. Yeah. If you go Pretty woke, much. then you're broke. All right, Sean, where can they find us? Well, you can go to our website, guys with guyswithbibles.com. You can uh, read our blogs and uh, find the podcast feed there. You can also subscribe on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts. Uh, and if you would be so kind, uh, especially if you're on iTunes, but anywhere, um, try to leave a five-star review for us. Um, that really helps us to be seen. 
and uh, helps get what we're talking about out there to more and more people. So uh, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just uh, search uh, Guys with Bibles and you'll find us. Uh, and you can, if you have any questions, comments, um, especially about this show when this drops, if, if you want to uh, let us know how we did, uh, you can email us at guyswbibles at gmail.com. Uh, I believe that's it. Oh, and and uh, please check out, we're part of the Bar Network, uh, and please check out, uh, if you if you search for the Bar Network on Google, um, you'll be able to see all the awesome podcasts that they have on there, and you can check them out. Uh, there's lots of good content on there, good, solid, reformed content that you guys so good. could totally t- totally benefit from. So please check out all the other shows on the Bar Network. So I believe that's it. Well, that's it, and you get and you get to do the outro since you did the intro. Yeah, you, you have to do it all. <laughs> Ooh. Do all the work. And this me. is guys with bu- oh now see you interrupted me. <laughs> Don't worry, that we'll cut that out. Nobody will ever know. Oh well, now you'll leave it in. Will you? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and this is guys with Bibles, and we're out.